Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. So here we are, Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, Living the Love with Colin Tipping. And our topic is forgiveness and finances. Colin is our expert, and we are tuning in. Welcome, Colin. Thank you for having me. So, everybody, I'm inviting you to place your hand on your heart and take a breath of gratitude here with me as we bless our time together. We give thanks. We give thanks for the opportunity to know ourselves as one with the one. We are making ourselves open and receptive, truly available to divine insight and inspiration. In this moment, we bring into our awareness divine grace, living our life in divine grace. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and we are surrendering any thoughts of lack and limitation as we open to true forgiveness and recognizing, remembering that it is our nature to be in the flow, to be abundant, and to be prosperous. I know that Colin is a blessing to each and every one of us, and we're activating our mind and our heart to be congruent with love. So we're grateful and thankful to receive divine inspiration and motivation, deep healing right now. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them, and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. So, Colin, I have been uh, inspired by you, your radical forgiveness work, your book, your workshops, all the teachings that you have on that. And you're also offering radical living, radical manifestation, So getting right into the nitty-gritty of it here, people find that finances is one of the most challenging areas of their life. And our topic is forgiveness and finances. How how do those two things relate? 
Okay, well, uh, this is going to be an interesting topic. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt that money is our teacher. You know, if we've come into this life experience to have lessons of what it is like to be a human being, experiencing all different forms of separation and other um, other instances of, uh, you know, where we are challenged, then money is one of our greatest teachers, no question about it. <laughs> and uh, it gives us an opportunity to really feel our feelings, which is one of the things that I think we're here to do. You know, we've been blessed with a human body that enables us to, to feel emotions. And I think our spiritual journey here is very much about feeling what it's like to be separate so that we can really get what oneness is. And that's, I think, the, the fundamental choice that we have made to come into this life experience so that we can, when we go home, we will really have a sense of what oneness absolutely is and what love actually is. And so money gives us an opportunity to uh, to get all fired up about it uh, in terms of their of our imaginings that it's short. There's a shortage of it, which there is not, of course. There's no shortage of money, um, and uh, and it gives us an opportunity to project all our all our fears uh, onto money itself, not and also to those that handle it for us, like our bankers. <laughs> and you know the news that we're that we're getting right now from the from the media is all about how these bankers are uh, manipulating the money and making it scarce and causing all sorts of trouble so we it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for us to look at our own projections and our own consciousness um uh, not just about money but about shortage about uh, about trust uh, about um, integrity, all the things that we uh, that we get upset about uh, is is triggered very easily by what happens with money. So I think it's a wonderful way for us to experience ourselves as human beings or or spiritual beings, rather having a, a wonderful human experience. You uh, remind me of one of the things that I share all the time, Colin, is. I I call our upset when we feel upset when our feelings are distressing to us it's our divine alarm clock. So when yeah. we feel upset, irritated, frustrated, fearful, those feelings are so valuable for us to let us know to go look at what are we thinking because it's our thinking that's creating the upset and yeah. people have this false belief that they're upset because of their circumstances and Course in Miracles teaches us you're never upset for the reason you think. So the exactly. reason you're upset is because you're thinking something that's not actually true. And that's right. so easy to do in our finances. Right. So all our feelings really, uh, as you say, are a reflection of our consciousness. So it's good feedback. So when we're uh, when we're upset and angry, it's an opportunity for us to step back for a moment from ourselves and observe ourselves in those feelings and observe what are the thoughts and beliefs that underlie the causation of those feelings. And thereby we get a real good sense of who we are and, and where, where we're going and what our lessons are. So... 
very often when people have chronic money challenges and their mind keeps running to thoughts of lack, 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 mm-hmm. lack. And many of these people have seen the secret. And they, some people got inspired to try and work with that, and it kind of backfired on them. And mm-hmm. uh, they weren't able to pull themselves out of the lack thought. So they might have learned to manifest something temporarily, but then their consciousness isn't, their mind isn't able to, focus and hold on to it and it becomes another forgiveness opportunity for them how how do people just getting right to the really important how do people move from that constantly creating financial forgiveness opportunities Mm -hmm. to moving into a sense of prosperity and abundance yeah well i i think we have to tackle it at two levels Uh, we have to look at it from a spiritual point of view that uh, how it all fits into the paradigm that we that we have come to um, embrace that um, that the Course in Miracles talks about and and which underlies radical forgiveness, which isn't too far away anyway from from what what is taught by the Course in Miracles. And by the way, I was you know pretty heavily influenced by the Course in Miracles when I first started this, so uh, there is a very strong connection, even though it's not exactly the same. But so so we have to look at how money works in our lives at the spiritual level to, to do what I said earlier on, to give us an opportunity to see what our consciousness is around life in general, not just within money, but that, uh, but that you know, our sense of being separate and being uh, deprived or whatever it is that, uh, that we feel. Um, and then at the other end of the scale, we have to deal with it at a practical level of, of how our mind has become conditioned to think in a certain way and how we can uh, alter that blueprint, if you like, because we all have some sort of what I call a money blueprint that we've grown up with based Mm. on a whole slew of ideas that are truly false, but we hang on to them as if they were true because they were inculcated into us at a very young age. And so... Actually, uh, you know, from that sp- from that very practical point of view, it's quite a lot of work to actually undo those ideas and beliefs like money doesn't grow on trees. You know, so many people have ever heard that when they ask their parents for money. What do you think? Money grows on trees. Uh, you know, <laughs> we don't have enough money. There isn't enough money to go around. Uh, and in any case, rich people are not very nice people. You don't want to be amongst those people. They're all criminals. People who have lots of money are not nice people, and so on and so on and so on. So those are the ideas that we have to uh, to try to eradicate through um, using the tools that we've created here for radical manifestation. And the trick, uh, if we can call it that, you made reference to the secret. Uh, this book, um, I, I always say, you know, my book was BS. That was before secret. <laughs> And, and so, so it wasn't like a me too. I was so glad that I came out with it before The Secret, uh, which did open people's uh, consciousness up about the whole idea of abundance and, uh, and our ability to uh, uh, manifest from, from our, our thoughts and our feelings. So it, I think it really did do help. Uh, helped a great deal, but at the same time, uh, as you indicated, uh, it left a lot of people feeling that they were failures when they come to try to apply it. 
And the main reason I think that that we uh, that we have trouble applying the spiritual principles to everyday practical life is that number one, as I said already, those ideas are that were inculcated in us in a very uh, a very early age remain operative pretty much the whole time as our as our blueprint. But um, but in but the uh, the secret and other methods of radical of, of manifestation rather have always said the one thing you have to do is reprogram your mind and that's really difficult mm-hmm. to reprogram mm-hmm. that blueprint is uh, is a real challenge because your subconscious mind is so difficult to change and uh, and so people have spent huge amounts of money going to workshops trying to learn methods of of uh, of uh, deprogramming and then reprogramming the mind around money and it seldom ever works. So what I did on the basis of what I had learned from radical forgiveness which was that the best way, in fact I always think the only way to really do forgiveness is to hand it over to spirit. As you would say, you hand it over to the Holy Spirit and, and ask for help from spirit Mm-hmm. and surrender to it and allow spirit to take what it is that you've got, what you need to manifest yeah. it for you if it's if it's to your highest and best good. So with radical manifestation, I said, let's ignore the subconscious mind. That's too much like hard work trying to change it. Let's just make a worksheet that is a form of what I now call secular prayer where we go through the process of deciding what it is we want, why we want it, and do all the things in the conscious mind that we know to do when we to manifest, including visualizing and, and uh, you know getting in touch with our feelings about it. But then then use our worksheets to recognize that uh, that the spirit is the source and and at that point that's where we hand it over and uh, focus all our attention from that point on on surrendering it to spirit knowing that spirit has has the whole thing handled and uh, and from then on we don't have to do anything so that reconnects us again with the other side of what i was talking about the the spiritual assumptions around money uh, that underlie that whole idea because if we even if we give it over to spirit but we're still thinking that money is in short supply and I'm, I'm not really worthy to have it uh, that will that will still make it more difficult for you to receive it even though spirit just wants to give it to you if you've got all these ideas in your mind about money uh, that will stop you receiving it then you're still in, in, in trouble so to speak so that's such an important my, point because yes. the whole of the universe is demonstrating abundance and prosperity all of the time. Yes. And so if we're not experiencing it, it it is very often because we are not cultivating that receptivity. And people can even look at simple things, Colin, like uh, they're not good at receiving compliments or yes. they uh-huh. deflect all kinds of good things in their life, right. not just yeah. financial abundance. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's exactly right. So mm-hmm. we have to we have to be careful about that and to um, make sure that uh, that we alter our conscious beliefs about money 
at the same time as we give it over. And uh, in my book, I've itemized, uh, I don't know how many, uh, about six or seven assumptions about money that we need to try to integrate into our consciousness in order to uh, allow it to uh, flow into our lives. So shall I just go through those real quickly? Yes, and this is the Radical Manifestation book, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Which I know people we are, are going to want to making go. available to everybody at the uh, for free at the at the end of this show. So um, people will be able to uh, look up what I'm talking about um, for reference. Is chapter 17. Excellent. <laughs> okay. So these are the these are the assumptions about money that will help us to uh, let go. Not to reprogram that blueprint, but to to shift our underlying consciousness about money. So, um, the first one I have here is money is an abstraction and has no inherent value. So they're just, it's just bits of paper. Mm-hmm. And as we've learned very recently, you know, with the uh, with the with the current situation out there financially, if we want more money, they just print more. Yeah. <laughs> so it has no value in itself. Uh, Money is energy, and as such, it's subject to the law of attraction, just the same as any other energy. It'll flow towards those who are most willing to receive it and that have a use for it and have no problem asking for it. Mm. So it will just flow wherever it wants to flow. And I think, as we said earlier on, you know, if we're willing to receive it, it will flow towards us. If we're not, it will not. So it's as simple as that, really. Now, but we do have to we do have to be open and we do have to ask for it. So this this is very helpful and you said it will flow wherever it wants to flow. So yes. I just want to clarify are you, are you saying that money has volition of its own or Well no like any energy uh you know it it's it's subject to um attraction and repulsion and we're the we're the magnets so to speak. So if we repel money, it will not flow towards us. So it doesn't have a volition on its own, but we are the we are the agents, if you like, of that movement. We are the ones that create the power or the energy to shift it in one direction or the other, either to us or away from us. Through our beliefs and our receptivity and these things. The receptivity and... and and being willing to ask for it and request mm. it, you know, with so many people have trouble with this issue of money, of asking for money. Mm-hmm. Um, and spiritual people seem to be pretty bad at that all the way around, as if as if there's something wrong with that. Right. And um, uh, when when I was doing the radical forgiveness work with with uh, cancer people, uh, you know, specific retreats for cancer people, uh, most of them would come on the phone and say, "I'd really love to come, but I don't have the money." And, and my answer was, well, that's that's easy. Just go ask somebody for money. Oh, I couldn't do that. And I said, well, keep your cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be pretty brutal in the end, but but that's how it was because the you know for a very small amount of money. And and as I used to say to them, there are so many people out there just wanting to help you, and yet you won't ask for it. And, and people so do the same great thing with divine guidance. Yes. They don't yeah. ask the, for help from the Holy Spirit. They don't ask the, for help from their higher self, which to me is the same as the Holy Spirit. So yes. it's that level of receptivity that we're talking about. 
It is, and and I firmly believe that spirit keeps out of our affairs until we ask. Yeah, ask and it is given. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, it won't intervene it won't, because whatever we, we are doing right now, God loves us enough to know that it's perfect. And uh, until we say, uh, will you help me do otherwise, then it won't interfere. So the receptivity and the, and the willingness to ask for it. So the third one is money is neutral. Money will flow to whomever attracts it, whether it be a hardened criminal or a devout priest. So it doesn't care. It will flow to the people doing spiritual work too, so long as those people don't block it with silly ideas like spiritual people shouldn't earn money doing spiritual work. And I yeah. hear that one a lot, yeah. especially with the, the people who do the training and, and uh, you know, want to help other people with radical forgiveness. They say, I, did, I, I have such a hard time asking for money to do it. And I said, well, that's uh, that's a way of giving and receiving love. And uh, what you're doing is not only withholding love from yourself, but from the other person. So it's an important, uh, it's an important idea that we that we don't block it. Um, well, and if people believe that money is the root of all evil, and they're on a spiritual path, they yeah. are going to, on some level of their awareness, they may make the agreement to block money in order to not be corrupted because they exactly. think money corrupts absolutely yeah which of course is being demonstrated everywhere right now in the political arena with the uh you know with the super PACs and all that everybody is thinking that, that the money is corrupting the whole political process which it is but it's not money that's doing it it's right. the people who are using it in a way that's so money itself is neutral. It's what we do with it that's important. Mother Teresa so was a great point. fundraiser. Mm. And uh, people have talked about how she, people would just give her money all over the place. And uh, I'm sure she did not think money was the root of all evil. Right, exactly. Um, money is love. That's the, the other thing um, I put here. Love is all there is. And it's the energy that runs the universe. And uh, so money is also energy. So money and love can be synonymous. So if we imagine that money is just energy, just in the same way that love is energy, then uh, it will lead us to feelings of gratitude and generosity and compassion. So money is love. And then wow. abundance is the natural condition of the universe. Yeah, did you want to comment on that? Jennifer, yeah, I'm just I'm feeling how people are thinking. What money is love? Like, yeah, yeah. So just same, feeling into energy. that. Yeah. Do you have an affirmation to? Because I I think money is love is uh, going to be challenging for some people. They're going to yeah. so strongly reject that. So if people feel a repulsion of that idea how how would they begin to work with it okay let me let me read what i've said here then and uh, perhaps it, it, it might help uh to take that in okay um so love is all there is it's the energy that runs the universe money is also energy so money and love can be synonymous love makes the world go round money does the same love expands the heart 
while money gives us the opportunity to experience heartfelt feelings like gratitude, generosity, compassion, and love itself. Like attracts like, so love attracts money because they are the same. Greed, envy, and lust will generate money too, but it will be accompanied by fear, not love. Which would you rather have? So most of us attach fear to money. Even those who have a lot of it are frightened to death they might lose it. But if we think of money as love, to be exchanged in a loving way with other people, both giving and receiving, then it changes our complete consciousness around money and we drop the fear and then we can be in a place of love and give and receive uh, backwards and forwards just like any other energy flow. This is so powerful, Colin. Yeah. I, I can really feel the shifts that people are making listening to this. And I'd like to remind people right now, call your friends and your family and make a plan to listen to the replay. It's totally free. Uh for 48 hours and make an appointment to listen with the replay. Remember, you can pause it and go back over it. You can discuss it. You can meditate on it. This is deeply healing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, <laughs> uh, we've already dealt with money as our teacher, uh, but it's, I also say here that money has no power. When we become aware of the power that we have to create the circumstances of our lives, we realize that we are no more at the mercy of money than we are of any other outer circumstance. The real source of our power lies within, and that is our own spiritual intelligence and its power to connect to source. There is not a single person on the planet who is denied access to that. We're all equally powerful in that regard, no matter how much money we have. So money is energy, but it has no power. No, only what we give it. It has no meaning either, beyond that which we give it. Mm-hmm. Um, see, what, are, what, is the, what are kind of meanings do we give to money? Well... It's success, mm -hmm. it's uh, status, uh, it's validation. Uh, it's all the things that we, that we attach to money, usually uh, the underlying feeling of which is fear, but none of it's true. It's just how we attach certain meanings to it and then run our life as according to those meanings that we actually give to it. But what if we could really hold on to the idea that money is love? What if we could do that? Wouldn't it make a huge difference to how we live, whether we have money or not? See, it's not whether we have money or don't have money. It's how we feel about it. And and uh, and as I said, you know, people who have money, that we like to say, oh, he loves money, but really they don't. They hate it because it engenders such fear in them that they might lose it or that somebody might want to take it from them. Mm -hmm. uh, so then they have to have huge um, houses with big um, uh, alarm systems and so on and so forth. So they're living in fear. The more money have they have, they might be living in fear. 
on the other hand, if they really thought that it was love, then they would be so happy to have so much of it because they could then spread that love through their money, as does people, you know, many of them, like Bill Gates, is, is spreading that love around the world with his money, doing wonderful things with his money. Yeah. And I'm sure feeling a great deal of joy in doing so. Whereas probably working for Microsoft, it wasn't really much fun. <laughs> Except for, you know, the intellectual exercise was fun, but did it really feed his soul like it is, like he's doing now? So and having a lot of money and thinking of it as love to be spread around, I, I can't think of anything more joyful than that. And so many spiritual seekers, that is their fantasy, that is their... Uh, dream come true is that they would be able to be a philanthropist or start a foundation and be able to support their spiritual communities and projects and things like that. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask you if you can share a personal story with us, Colin, about how when you realized that money is love, how did it change your experience of your life? Um, I'm not sure that I actually came to that feeling at the time, but looking back, that's what happened. It was when I surrendered. When I came over here in 1984 from England, I thought, you know, America was paved with gold, and with my English accent, I was going to be just, you know, everything would work out beautifully for me, and I would be rich and famous and, and everything else. Well, far from the truth, for 15 years, I really struggled couldn't make any money. Uh, I, we were on the breadline for quite a long time, went bankrupt once, um, and Joanne was with me for a good part of that, my wife now. Um, we married in, what, 1990. So she went through it with me. And uh, <clears throat> I was doing little bits of radical forgiveness with people and running some cancer retreats, but we weren't making any money at all, and we were literally on the breadline. And here's how... His, <laughs> this is such a funny story. Uh, I thought I was jinxed. I thought there's got to be something. To the, somebody's put a hex on me or something. So uh, there was a New Zealander shaman came into town. So I went to him and I said, you know, I told him what was going on. I said, I think I'm jinxed. Can you can you clear this for me? <laughs> well, he laughed and he laughed and he laughed. I mean, he was a big fat man and he shook. His whole body was shaking like a lump of jelly. And then he just laughed at me and then charged me 80 bucks. <laughs> that was the end of that. So uh, anyway, so um, to cut a very long story short, there came a day when I said to Joanne, you know what, I'm going to just stop trying. I was a real estate agent at the time. Talk about a square peg in a round hole. Um I'm going to stop doing this work, I'm going to throw this old pager away, and I'm going to write that darn book that I've been promising myself that I would write for mm. many years. And the moment I said that, everything shifted. Joanne got a contract the very next day. She's an artist, and she was drawing houses for this real estate person, or the builder, actually, uh, throwing up uh, wonderful perspectives from plan and elevations, which only she could do at the time. Now, of course, computers do it. But uh, so that that contract meant that we were being taken care of. Our mortgage was was going to be paid, and I could settle down and write the book. And from that moment, we've been we've been supported financially all the way through. 
And so it wasn't so much that I came to a place of love is money. It was that I know I'm supported. I will be supported if I make this decision and let go and stop trying to make everything happen. And that was, and looking back, it, it definitely was that. But I now see that, that the universe was not going to let me make a huge amount of money because it would have diverted me from my true purpose, which was to do the work I'm doing now. And I earn good money doing what I do now. I travel the world, and uh, people are just happy to pay me lots of money to do what I do. So what I'm hearing in that, Colin, too, is that you, as you said, you surrendered and you moved into that space of being willing to write that book, that little willingness the Course talks about, following divine guidance and inspiration. And I can feel intuitively that you weren't doing that in uh, the mentality of giving to get something. So you had already been given divine inspiration about the book and the work, and so you were giving from that overflow of following guidance versus writing the book in order to make money. Yeah, exactly. And I just knew I had to do it, and uh, I knew that there was a book to be written. Uh, in this, in, I always looked at the at the bookstores to see if somebody had written it because I knew <clears throat> that there was the Course in Miracles at one end and then all the other <coughs> kind of what I call mushy stuff at the other end. And there was this one book that had to be written in the middle that I would think of as something that would be practical that people could use in their everyday lives uh, that would be easy to use and so on. And, and that, that, that day I made that decision, I said, I have to write that book no matter what. And I don't know where the next mortgage payment is coming from, uh, but I'm, but I'm going to do it anyway. And, and uh, once, once you I made, made that, that decision, decision happened. yeah. Yes, it happened. Everything, everything shifted completely. So this is an invitation to everyone who's listening. What is the divine guidance that you've been getting and you haven't had would you say the courage to surrender? What, what would you say that they they? Are? Yeah, I, I guess it is courage, although it didn't feel like it at the time. It, it just it just it seemed like I have to do this. Uh, I, there's no other way. There's no choice really. I have to do it. Um, what I've done up to now has has been nothing but struggle, uh, and I'm I'm ready to let go of the struggle and just let God do it for me. And everything, everything just fell into place. And would you say, like in that. that sense of struggle, you were doing from an ego-driven thinking? You knew what would bring money, thinking you knew what should arise. No. no? Nobody is more surprised that that book has made money than I am. But I mean, um, yeah. before writing the book, were you coming from ego in your attempts to? earn a living in the sense of thinking, well, this could make money, this could make money. No. And then, no? no. It, was an, it was just like I'm driven to do this. I'm, it's an imperative. I, there's no way I cannot do it. Um, no, I know that's how you felt about the book. I'm, I'm saying before you decided to do that, were the things that you were choosing to do driven from uh, I could make money doing this, more of an email? Oh, I think, oh yeah. absolutely. I mean, you know, when I think back of you know how I how I 
thought that if I became a real estate agent, I'd make a fortune, you know. And yet I was terrible at it because it was all just my ego. It was a square peg in a round hole. It didn't suit me at all. Uh, and yet I thought, well, you know, people are making lots of money selling houses. I can too. And uh, uh, Spirit gave me lots of lessons in that if it's a struggle and it doesn't fit your purpose, then it's never going to work. And... Uh, and I certainly wasn't happy doing it. So that that's a pretty sure sign that it was ego-driven and, um, and, and money-driven. And yet, of course, it didn't flow to me because it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't spiritually um, in alignment with who I am and what I should be doing on this planet. And that's probably... Which brings the- up the whole, perp- you know, whole subject of... of um, of our purpose or what is it we're doing here uh, are we in alignment with, with our true purpose or not and and that's not to say that once you made the decision to write the book and all of that that you didn't have challenges because everything we're doing is healing the ego attachments so I'm sure you still had uh, some challenges but it probably I know from my own experience has a totally different flavor once you surrender Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. You know, it took me a long time to to open to open up to the to the idea that I could be paid for what I did and so on. Um, I I I would charge pretty small amounts of money initially for doing sessions and that kind of thing, um, and, until people started to pay me more, even though mm-hmm. I didn't ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I did a workshop once, not very long ago, actually, maybe five years ago, and this has stuck with me forever. Um, at the end of the workshop, when everybody is feeling so wonderful and so transformed, we were in a very tight little circle in a huddle, arms around each other, just swaying. You know how you do that? Mm-hmm. And um, I said to the group, I said, you know what? I know you've all paid me lots of money to do this workshop, but the truth is I would, I would do it for nothing. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And as quick as lightning, somebody in the group said, and we would pay you double. Oh, yes. I mean, isn't that validation? Yeah. That everything is in divine order? And, uh, you know, it just touched me at, uh, at a very deep level that. It's not that he thought about it. It wasn't a sort of a quick, uh, right. jokey statement. It was heartfelt, and we would pay you double. I mean, it was wonderful. That's when you know that everybody is feeling that that flow, and you're in the right place at the right time, listening right. to spirit. Yeah, yeah. So beautiful. And they were in the right place at the right time. So mm-hmm. everything was in divine order right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, you know money continues to teach us, and we learn every day uh, through it. Uh, where our consciousness is and and where we're blocked. But the most, I, I think the most blockage that we have around money is not recognizing that it will flow easily between people if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and we're doing it with love. So it's a matter of trust and faith also. Yes, yes. And do you have uh, some tool that you offer that has helped you to build that trust and faith? I, uh, the Money Consciousness Worksheet is uh, is really good. It goes with the Radical Manifestation Worksheet, 
because a lot of time we don't we're not able to manifest we want what we want because we have the money issues to go along with it so um, that's what I'm going to be giving everybody at the end of the program is the money consciousness worksheet that helps you to um, overcome any any resistance to having the money flow where it wants to flow especially in relation to uh, an idea that you want to bring into fruition so if you have a project most people have wonderful creative ideas but then they say but I don't have the money well that's that's what this is all about it's manifesting the money to do what you want to do that's in alignment with your purpose and so <clears throat> We can, you know, there's so much money sloshing around in the economy, the world economy, and for the most part, at the moment, because everybody's in such fear about the money, uh, the banks are holding onto it, not spending it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we all do when we're in fear. We 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 don't think of money as being something that we can use to um, to improve our own lives and 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 give to others, but we hoard it in bank accounts and try to make more. And and, and uh, so money becomes something that is not flowing in our lives. I don't say that you have to be a spendthrift, but money is. I don't think money is meant to be hoarded. I think money is to be used for the greater good of oneself and and other people. And if you do it with love, it will always be replaced. You can't really you can't really um, run out of money. I don't think. One of the things my grandfather... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say one of the things my grandfather used to say. I remember hearing him say this when I was a kid. They gave a lot of money to their church and to different things in the community, Boy Scouts, Red Cross, all these different things, United Way, and uh, particularly as giving money to the church and tithing, my grandfather used to say, the money you give the church costs you nothing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, meaning that if you are in that flow of giving and receiving, then all of your needs will be met. There's hoarding will actually stop the flow. So you hoard exactly. because you're affirming that in the future you're not going to have and you're preparing for that now. Right, which is fear, mm-hmm. which is fear-based. I, you remember um, Buckminster Fuller? Mm-hmm. Mr. Fuller was um, was a great mystic as well as a super scientist, mathematician, what have you. But he drove his accountants mad because he would zero his account every month. <laughs> he said, I will not have money left over at the end of the month. Otherwise, the universe will stop its flow. Wow. The minute I start hoarding it. So, I mean, you can imagine all these accountants going crazy. Yes. But he would get rid of his money every month and say, you know, uh, I, I want to keep the flow going, and the only way to keep it flowing is to get rid of it. <laughs> that takes a lot of courage. <laughs> that I'm is not tremendous. Yeah, that yeah. is tremendous faith. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but he had that kind of faith because that, that man was so connected through mm-hmm. spirit. Yeah. He knew what the universe was made of, and he knew how it worked. And uh, and he applied it. He's the only person I know who ever did that um, voluntarily. Of course, <laughs> there are plenty of people who do it involuntarily, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, 
but he did it because he knew that that was the principle and, and uh, he was going to go with the principle. And I'm sure he, he gave quite a bit to, uh, he was quite a philanthropist. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know what he did with it, but uh, he sure, sure did not uh, hoard it. He did mm-hmm. not believe in hoarding it. So, now, what about for folks? Did you get through all your? Uh... I did. Yeah, okay. yeah, one way or another, I think we got all through those, those, those things. For um, folks who have really um, created a financial misery for themselves, and now uh-huh. they're in shame and blame. Right. Do you, with combining the radical forgiveness and the radical manifestation, do you have a way to help them uh, reboot? Oh, that's a good expression. Um, or clear the cash? That's another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, just looking back at my own experience. Uh, it, it seemed like I had to go through it. Uh, I had to get to the bottom. It, I, I guess it's a bit like an alcoholic. You have to go to the to the very bottom before you, you know, are willing to surrender. But um, but we we know more now about mm-hmm. how we can do this and overcome uh, our resistance to receiving the money. So I, I hope the book that I'm going to give people will help them reboot, along with the consciousness worksheet and everything else that we offer on our website, because we do have. Um, we do have the, the money program itself, which is an extremely powerful thing. It not only does it uh, help you to raise your, your uh, income level consciousness, but it really helps you to clear away some of those old um, subconscious beliefs. So it's quite a program, and it does require some work. Uh, I'm not saying it's a quick fix, but, um, but the money program, if somebody really wants to work it, and they have a computer, you would need a computer to do it. Um, but other than that... Um, uh, you know, if you're willing to to do some work on yourself and really really pull yourself up by the bootstraps on the financial front, then then that would work. Uh, the, the 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 little book that I'm giving you, the Radical Manifestation book and the Money Consciousness Worksheet, will certainly help you to integrate the spiritual beliefs around money, so that you are more willing or more able, shall we say, to to uh, shift your consciousness 180 degrees, which is really what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a 180 degree shift, as is radical forgiveness and the Course in Miracles. It's a wholly new paradigm, isn't it? Yes, it is. Holy and holy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a com- <laughs> completely new paradigm. The old paradigm is that we're all victims, and uh, and as far as radical m- money is concerned, that, that there is a great shortage of it, and, and uh, I'll never have enough of it. Now, I want That's to go back to the, the asking for money and also um, asking for help, asking it is given, because uh-huh. uh, one of the things that is so valuable in A Course in Miracles is it talks about false idols. And one of my favorite sections in the teacher's manual, in, in the whole of it is, is in the teacher's manual where it's the section on trust. And mm-hmm. it says that trust is the primary characteristic of all of God's teachers. And God's teachers are folks like us who've had a realization of the oneness of all life, even for the most briefest moment. That turns us into one of God's teachers. And 
it is our ability to put our trust and faith in God that is the most precious ability that we have. And it talks about in that section on trust that if we value something other than God, if we value the stuff of this world and place it above our spiritual connection, then we're going to keep experiencing the loss of everything and that we we can come to the awareness that we don't have to sacrifice. There's no sacrifice required for us to truly remember our spiritual identity as the perfect givers and receivers of love. So you're saying money is energy. It has no power. We know that money is also a symbol. It's a symbol that represents different things to different people. Yeah. And, and so this this ask in it is given. How do we work with that without moving into creating a false idol of money or thinking that we need something other than God? Mm. Um, you know the, the the trust the trust factor there. I, I think you know. Um, the story I just described of where uh, Buckminster Fuller uh, zeroed his account was was an incredible act of faith and trust in the universe that the universe will always be there to support him. Um, but the idea of using uh, using money as a way of worshiping uh, the material world as opposed to the love of God then. Uh, I think the way that we know the difference is if we are using money from a fear vibration, mm-hmm. then we're we're just using it from the ego. If we're using money from a love vibration and seeing money as love itself, as an expression of money or, the, or of love or the symbol of love, then uh, then we're in alignment with spirit. I think it's as simple as that. How do I feel about this? If I feel fearful. And tense and uptight, then it's probably not. Uh, it's, we're not connected with with the love vibration. We're connected with the fear vibration. So, no. go ahead. So it's a, it's a matter of how we feel and how we and how we go through life with uh, in relation to money, just like it is with anything else. Um, when we get right down to it, even with relationships, when we're talking about love between two people, what are we really talking about? We're talking about connecting with the love of God because we're seeing God in the other person. And so God is everything. God is in everything, and God is money. God is money in the true sense of the word, not that we're worshipping money as our God, which is seen as a pejorative term, but love. But God is money. It's energy. It's the flow of the. It's the flow of life, and it uh, it can be used for wonderful purpose, or it can use be used for bad purpose. But does that make so, sense? Yes, and I I can feel that that's going to bring up some issues for people because uh, Course in Miracles is l- letting us know, as many spiritual teachings do, that this is the the illusion, the dream of Maya, and so. Yeah. Uh, the whole idea that, and with Course in Miracles, that is constantly being brought up is does does the infinite Creator even know that the illusion is existing in our minds? It's such mm-hmm. 
And so making money real is a real concern for spiritual seekers there. It's it's such an issue uh, where we we get to the point sometimes where you can't pay your rent and uh, you're thinking I need money and then folks think well all I need is God. I don't need money. And so it's from that sense of needing that they can recognize that if they're needing, if they're wanting, if they're in that space of thinking they don't have, they haven't actually recognized that the kingdom is within them. And when they recognize that, then all else is added unto them. So what I'm also just tying back to your experience of writing the book Radical Forgiveness, it had been an idea in your mind for years, right? Yeah. And when you finally said, in, in a sense, I'm going to do God's work. I'm going to do this. The, I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to listen to my intuition, and I'm going to follow that. Mm. You moved out of the needing and wanting because you realized you already had something. You you had the abundance of this inspiration. And when you began to share your inspiration, then all of your physical needs become met because you're sharing from that overflow. You're recognizing the kingdom is within. You've already been given the inspiration, and it's going to continue to flow as long as you're committed to sharing it. That's right. That's right. And and money is irrelevant in that sense. I mean, there's no greater illusion than money. It's for me. It's it, it, we either can think of it as being a total illusion and not existing at all, or it's or it's 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 the expression of God's intention for us to feel one the oneness and the joy of being in the human form. Slightly <laughs> different to, of course, the miracles idea, but uh, but but it's still an illusion. It's just it's nothing until we give it meaning. The question is, what meaning are we going to give it? And, and what are the most? Me, I was just going to say, one of the most egotistical things that people do is they give to get, and yeah. um, the whole idea of uh, it's it's interesting, like the whole idea of prostitution uh, in mm-hmm. in all its forms. You know, prostituting yeah. our gifts mm-hmm. and talents, not just our bodies, but all yeah. the ways that. We, we might have tremendous disdain for somebody who prostitutes their sexuality while uh, we're prostituting our gifts and talents. Right, right. But in the human world, the money, uh, you know, money is, is a way in which we, uh, we symbolize that, sh- that giving and receiving. Yeah. And so... So the so the way we that we do that, or the consciousness with which we do that, is the key. Are we doing this to to get, which is a fearful a fear vibration, or are we doing it just for the joy of giving, and that's the love vibration. Yes. That for me is the is the distinction about how money how money is uh, giving us an opportunity to feel oneness as opposed to separation. Giving to get versus sharing. Yes. And I've had to learn that, Colin, as a minister and a spiritual teacher because 
there there's no question that I would not be able to uh, do what I do without tithes and offerings from people. And so I've had to learn to be a really great rece- receiver. And yeah. uh, the thing that I share has been so meaningful to me, you'll appreciate this, that everything I receive, I receive from God. Everything I give, I give to God. So it's just the oneness circulating. And I never have to think, oh, you know, Dave gave me so much, I owe him. No, because mm-hmm. I give to God, God gives to me, God is Dave and Nancy and everybody in my life. Right. So I don't have to keep score anymore. Right. And that was a huge liberation for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unconditionally loving and giving and sharing. Yeah. And it's still, you know, it's still, it's still every day I can feel where there's a little bit of an attachment or a tweak and, and it's time for me to open up and be more receptive, open up and share more gracefully every day. There's yeah. Oh, no question about it. Money is still our greatest teacher and it's probably a, it's the one that challenges us every day because it's in our face almost every day. So it's a great, thing when we can begin to look at it as our spiritual practice. Yeah, exactly. So will you tell us now, you're, you're giving us uh, the chapter from your book, which is called Radical Manifestation, and you tell us what you're giving us for free and how we get it? Yeah. Um, actually, it's the whole book you're getting, not just a chapter. Uh, oh, my God. The Radical Manifestation book, and its uh, subtitle is uh, The Fine Art of Creating the Life You Want. Um, and there's a special section at the back of that book on money and the meaning of money and how we how we limit ourselves and so on and so forth. Um, and then along with the book, uh, I'm giving a, a, a radical money worksheet or radical consciousness, money consciousness worksheet, shall I say, that will help people to, um, you know, work with that and uh, take it to the next level. So... Um, as far as how to get it, um, is it, are they coming to your website or mine? Um, well, you know what? Why don't we send them to both? So we'll we'll put the link okay. on the Living a Course of Miracles site on your class page. But also, I, I'm so big on sharing. I would like to have as many people receive this as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And and now that we've got eBooks, it means that everybody around the world can have it at a click of a button, so it makes it so much easier. So just before I, I do a final closeout and blessing, can you tell us again the website address? Uh, yeah, very easy. It's colintipping.com. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Some has... people will remember that it was radicalforgiveness.com. Uh, if they put that in, that'll work just as well. It'll take them to colintipping.com, which is basically our new website. Great. So I also want to remind people, you are training coaches. So if that's, yes. if they're interested in taking their spiritual practice into exploring, making it a livelihood, you have programs where they can learn to do that and bring benefit to others. I do. And there's a, a training tab on that uh, website that they can click on and find out the different courses that they can do, different levels of training. 
And you have a great blog, and you have lots of inspiration, lots of things for free. And so you're a living example of being in the flow and sharing and experiencing prosperity. Yep. So you you walk the talk. (laughs) (laughs) You walk the talk. You live the love. As best I can, anyway. I'm far from perfect, but uh, I, I do my best. That's yes, well, well none of us have ascended yet. We're we're ascending, <laughs> but we we're we're still in the uh, awakening process. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be able to do okay. it together. Yeah. So, I'm going to invite everyone to place their hand on their heart again and take a deep breath of love and gratitude. We're blessing Colin's life and giving thanks for his journey, his experience and the insight and the clarity that it has brought him that he has shared with us. And we're giving thanks that right now we are awake and available to the divine opportunity of abundance and prosperity that is our true identity. We are claiming it. We are consciously releasing any attachments that we have to playing small, to lack and limitation, to blame and shame and unforgiveness. And we are opening our awareness to the Holy Spirit, to the highest possibility, to divine guidance and insight, leading us to the experience of love and prosperity that is our destiny. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone and we rejoice to let it be, and so it is. Amen. And so it is. Yep. Amen. Thank you so much, Colin. I really appreciate you. And you know what? I think I'm going to take that class myself. Who doesn't oh, want wow. to double their their prosperity in a short period of time? And yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you. I hope you have like it uh it does take a little bit of time and effort to do it but i think it's uh it's a powerful program yeah i'm excited to to work it so thank you okay very good good (laughs) god bless and god bless everybody remember to call your friends and family listen to the replay you've got 48 hours you can pause you can discuss you can share with your loved ones set intentions and make that change in your life beautiful. Thank you so much. I love you all. This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to JenniferHadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.